Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Emily Rudolph, who's the Associate Director in the Office of Undergraduate Admissions, and she's also, by the way, almost a double alum at Champlain College. Emily, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great today. It is our honor and pleasure. So let me ask you, Emily, can you give us an overview of Champlain College and what makes it unique compared to other colleges and universities? I'll certainly do my best, of course. So Champlain (laughs) College, we are a smaller private school up here in gorgeous Burlington, Vermont. A couple colleges in the area, so it is a lively spot to be as a college student. Uh, About mid-size, 2,000 students on average in our undergraduate class, which gives us the great pleasure of offering a more personalized learning experience. Uh, About 16 students in the classroom on average, uh, cap it at 25. Um, Something that makes us a little bit more unique compared to other colleges and universities, I think, would really be our uh, career readiness mindset. Um, Ready is a big word for us at Champlain, Um, and I think it's seen in a lot of different ways. Our motto is adiamos, or let us dare. We have students start their major classes on day one. It gives students more time just to make sure they're on the right path for themselves, and if not, you know, make a change pretty early on. Uh, Also, it allows students to start internships much earlier. We typically see students starting internships as early as the first or second semester, I apologize, of their first year at Champlain. Um, So that readiness is seen in all of the academics we have for our students. And I hope to explain a little bit more as we go through. Well, that's an awesome introduction. Average class size of 16, which is amazing. And you said they capped the classes at 25, which is unheard of. (laughs) A focus on career readiness and, of course, internships. But at Champlain, internships starting with the second semester of freshman year, which is also extremely unique. So, again, we really appreciate that. So I know that Champlain College is a liberal arts college. Can you explain exactly what it means to be a liberal arts school? Absolutely. So uh, as we know, liberal arts really leans into learned skills, um, and it's seen in a lot of different things that we use in our day-to-day life that we see our students really need to learn in a classroom. Uh, But with that unique Champlain style, we really like to make it, again, all about career readiness. Um, So this is seen in a lot of different ways for us. Um, Most most important is project-based work over learning to take a test and exam. Um, If you really wanna retain that information and for a student to really find where their unique skills lie, their strengths and areas of growth, it's all in project-based work. 
So this is seen mostly in our what's called core curriculum. Um, so students are always taking major classes at Champlain and they're always in their core curriculum classes. And this is another unique spin. Um, instead of having students just take a history class and just take an English class, um, like you might see in a lot of liberal arts schools, we lean again it more into what skills are actually needed out in the world. And we found these skills by going out in the world. We, we work with our employer network every year with a survey going out saying, what do you see? When you see really strong resumes come in, you're interviewing and you find that person and they're joining your team and they're really helping push your industry forward. What is so amazing about these people? Uh, so we take all of that feedback and across the board, we found about 12 competencies that come across. Um, and that is our core curriculum is those 12 competencies. So it's kind of liberal arts, but it's kind of not. It's a little more unique. <laughs> this is, you know, logic, uh, research, analytical skills, ethical researching skills, especially as technology is changing around us. This is um, strong verbal and written communication skills, organizational skills, working in a team, time management on your own, having a global mindset, an entrepreneurial problem mindset are some of those competencies <laughs> I mentioned. And that is what our students are learning all four years alongside their major classes. Well, again, we appreciate the focus on career readiness. You explained beautifully your core curriculum, and you talked about not learning just to take a test, but rather as a focus on project-based work, which is real-world applications that, of course, students are going to use once they graduate Champlain. So again, Emily, thank you so much for that overview. And can you speak to the campus culture and student life at Champlain, including any student organizations, clubs, and any other activities you wish to share? Absolutely. I think one thing to mention as I dive into this topic is, is to really bring back into focus our location. Burlington, Vermont is a really unique place. Uh, I am not born and raised Burlington, Vermont myself. <laughs> I, moved, I moved up this way from New Jersey where I was born and raised. So I can say that I, and I've done a lot of traveling in my life as well, there are very few places I found that are, are like Burlington. I think it's a really special and unique place. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of colleges in the area, so it's a very vibrant um, location, really centered around art, music, food. We love food up here with all of the farmland. <laughs> um, and so I, I really want to bring their, our location into this topic because our campus is right in the heart of downtown Burlington, which is the most populated city in the entire state. Um, so while there's a lot going on on our campus, and I'll dive into that, I think it's important to keep in mind that our students are not stuck on a small campus in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. <laughs> um, we really expand into the, the Burlington area and the Green Mountain Range, which is near us as well. And we're right on Lake Champlain too. So you get a little bit of the water, the mountains, city life. Um, but on our campus, students are doing a, a lot. Um, sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm chatting with students and I really, I look at them and I ask, when do you sleep? When do you eat? How do you have time to do everything that you do? And they look at me and they laugh and yeah, they're tired. And yeah, maybe they could be eating a little healthier, but they're having a lot of fun with everything that they're, they're adding to their calendars. One thing I love to talk about is how we usually kick off our years on campus when students arrive. You know, we have our orientation weekend, which is a lot of fun, high energy, uh, but a lot of learning too. After that, we let students settle in. And then we have a job fair on campus first, actually. <laughs> um, a lot of student-based work, uh, departments that offer student work, which there are hundreds of student jobs on campus, work study and non-work study. Um, and then uh, we let another little another week settle in. And then we have a club fair on campus. <laughs> uh, so you've got your classes. You've got a paying job with experience. Um, and with your free time, let's go find a club, a hobby, a social group to get involved in. Um, and we're seeing a little bit of everything on our campus. We have a lot of academic-based clubs, uh, cybersecurity, film society, robotics club. Um, Women in tech is a really, really popular one. We've got a lot of tech-based majors at Champlain, uh, cybersecurity, as I mentioned, uh, app development, digital forensics, computer science and innovation, game programming. Um, and we're really happy to foster a lot of um, uh, women identifying students on our campus and having a space for them to come together to prepare to go into 
honestly a male dominated field. Um, and we want to have that community for our students now so that they can bring that community into the industry. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on, something pretty popular for sure. Student Government Association. <laughs> I, I, you know, a lot of colleges might not say this, but that's really popular on our campus. We see a lot of students that just want to get involved in what's going on for themselves and their fellow classmates. It's also seen in CHAMP, which is our events planning group. That's a pretty popular one. They plan all of our big events on campus. And a few other things to mention, a big one for short, eSports is actually the only varsity team we have on campus, um, yeah. eSports Club, <laughs> eSports Varsity, and they are nationally ranked students that are really getting involved. Um, but we do have intramural and club sports as well. Rugby is super popular up in the area, as well as volleyball, soccer, hockey, basketball. Uh, so again, I ask our students, when do you sleep? When do you eat? There's so much to do. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. And Burlington is absolutely gorgeous. Like you said, near Lake Champlain, you have the mountains. So obviously plenty to do year round. You talked about your tech-based majors, your app development game program, and of course, esports, which has gained so much popularity throughout the country and beyond. So again, we appreciate that overview. I was curious, Emily, can you walk us through your admissions process at Champlain College including what you look for in a student and what the application review process actually entails. Absolutely. I'll try and keep this as brief as possible because I know our listeners know that this is a big uh, process. There's a lot of steps that go into finding, exploring, and applying to a college. Um, so from an admissions counselor standpoint, that process looks pretty similar to begin with um, for all students that want to apply to Champlain. Um, we open up our application August 1. Um, so right, right as you're getting through the summer, we open up that application and there's a few ways you can go about doing so. Um, we have our own app, Champlain College, only on that application. But like many schools, we are also on the Common app. Uh, I encourage students to apply whichever way they see fit. We read them both the same way. Um, Champlain College does not have an application fee, so it is free to apply to our school, which just removes an obstacle of, of finding and getting into Champlain if this is where you want to be. Um, we offer two early decision deadlines at Champlain and one regular decision deadline. We don't offer early action at Champlain, um, something to think about. With the two early decision deadlines, those do both have the binding agreement. Um, and the second deadline was actually a COVID response. Um, we were realizing that during those fun days of COVID, <laughs> deep <laughs> lockdown, <laughs> um, that high school students and counselors and parents just needed more time. Um, they needed more time to find us, uh, to, to reach out, ask questions, make sure Champlain was the right fit. Um, and that's where we went ahead and added a second deadline. So those are... November 15th and December 15th for early decision, um, January 15th for regular decision. I'll go ahead and throw an asterisk on that because as many of us may know, <laughs> FAFSA has something new going on this year uh, where they're <laughs> Tell us a about it, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know some, I'm not the best person to know all, but what I do know <laughs> is that FAFSA is opening a little later this year, um, where typically it's open in October. This year it's opening in December. And as you may have heard, most of our deadlines are November and December. So we're still figuring that out, as I'm sure many colleges are, but we'll be sure to um, be really transparent and, and really be open in our communications on how that process is going to look this year with applying to any college, Champlain specifically, with FAFSA opening a little bit later. Um, once students go ahead and submit that application, we request transcripts. Well, the student requests the transcript, <laughs> please and thank you, um, to have that sent in. We, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but we are test score optional. Uh, we look for about a 3.2 GPA at Champlain or higher. If students are submitting test scores, it's about 1180 SAT, 28 ACT or higher. And this is typically where I mentioned that we take a very holistic approach to reviewing applications which means we're really looking at everything a student is submitting in the application and all the communications they're having with us around to make our final decision, which means we do see students uh, submitting applications that come in a little bit lower on that GPA. And that's 
okay, <laughs> we're still looking <laughs> where everywhere else um, for where students' strengths really lie. Um, so once we go ahead and get that information, we're also looking at those letters of recommendation. We look for two, although I will say a majority of the applications I read, I get three or more letters of recommendation and I'll read them all. Um, it's my hope that students that are looking for those letters of rec are branching out um, to who they're asking these letters of recommendation for. Sometimes I get the same letter four times from four different people, um, which is which is great. It's really solidifying that message, but it's a great idea to think about how these people interact with a student in their day-to-day -day life and what strengths they're seeing in these students, areas of growth they can speak to, uh, because it can provide a much larger picture for us, which is awesome. Uh, but that's also where the personal statement comes into play that students are submitting. Um, I, I always have two pieces of advice for personal statements. That is write about something you are passionate about because it really comes through in the tone of the essay, uh, a, a trip you went on, a uh, goal you have in life, why you're picking this major. Uh, that's a big one. And my second piece of advice is have it proofread before you submit it. <laughs> uh, we read a lot of essays and I'm like, ooh, let's, let's have someone take a look at this before we submit it. A um, couple other things to mention in terms of the application process at Champlain. Um, we do have nine out of 34 majors that have a few extra things we're looking for. Three of those majors are math-based. We look for pre-calculus um, in a high school transcript with a B or higher because students start calculus right away in applied mathematics, computer science and innovation, and game programming. We offer pre-calculus on campus, but it just sets a student behind right away. And so that's why we look for it in that uh, transcript. So for everyone listening, if you already have an idea on a major where you want to go, just double check, see if there's anything you should be taking in high school to support that. Uh, we also offer six majors that are in our arts division that do also require a portfolio. The portfolio is actually reviewed by the professors of those majors, and those are reviewed for admission into the specific major, not into the school. So it is very important uh, to get into the major you want, but it does not determine your acceptance into Champlain. That's getting a little into the weeds. I'll share a few <laughs> other details on this before we move on. Um, the application process, of course, is really, really important, but there are a few other things we're looking for, uh, biggest one being demonstrated interest, and that comes across in a lot of ways. Uh, it can be something as simple as emailing your admissions counselor, emailing the financial aid team, um, coming to the campus for a daily info session and campus tour, an open house. We offer virtual open houses and virtual webinars to be mindful of families that may not have the finances to come up um, or even just the time, or maybe you're, we're on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast and it's just not <laughs> lining up for you. So we make sure to offer virtual as well. Um, demonstrated interest just shows that level of engagement that helps us help you. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who's the CEO and founder of Prep Expert. Sean, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me, John. Just wanted to do a quick shout out for an amazing deal that we have for college admissions process podcast listeners. We're offering 30% off all Prep Expert SAT and ACT courses and tutoring. It's live online. We've got the best score improvement guarantees in the industry. You'll get taught by 99% instructors. And you can save 30% off when you go to the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Grab your discount code for 30% off and click the link in the show notes. Thank you, Sean. So great to have you again. And to everyone out there, please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes. Well, thank you so much for that overview, and I really appreciate you talking about demonstrated interest. So students, obviously, at Champlain, demonstrating your interest is, in fact, very important in their overall application process. In addition, you talked about your holistic approach while mentioning many different parts, which we're going to unpackage now just a little further. So, Emily, what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when preparing to write their essays? Absolutely. And I have read in my 
four full years in admissions, thousands, thousands of uh, <laughs> college essays. Um, and usually they're pretty solid, you know, um, they, they, I get a sense of this student. I get a sense of what they're excited about. Um, but you're absolutely correct. Some do stand out uh, amongst the rest. One of my favorite ones actually to talk about is a, is an essay that I read the first sentence and I was like, where is this going? <laughs> and by the end, I was like, this is amazing. Such a simple to topic, but really told me a lot about this student. Um, and this student told me about their favorite breakfast cereal. That was the topic of their essay, their favorite <laughs> breakfast cereal. And uh, again, I was like, where, that's cool. Where are you going with this essay? Um, but I, it really surprised me with where they went with this topic. Um, they focused a lot on how they start their day and, and how a, a strong start to your day leads to a strong day overall. Um, <laughs> so they, they go into their kitchen, they get their favorite breakfast cereal, they kick off their day on a positive note, they go to school, they show up as best as they can, they go to their clubs, they hang out with their family, they hang out with their friends, they go to sleep, they start all over again. Some days it's really positive all the way through. Other days you get tripped up a lot and you just don't end your day on a strong note. Um, but that next morning they go into their kitchen, they pour themselves a bowl of their favorite breakfast cereal and they start all over again. And again, just a great example of such a simple topic that told me so much about this student, um, how they go through their life, how they're going to bring this really strong and healthy mentality into their days at college, which is not an easy thing to do. The transition into college is hard. The work level is hard. Um, what you need to put in to your education in college asks a lot of you. Uh, so when I see an essay like that, it tells me that this student can handle what they're going to have coming for them in, in higher ed. And while we absolutely have a ton of resources to support them, um, I'm not really worried about this student. I think they're going to do great <laughs> things and they'll really take advantage of the resources available to them. That's one example. Um, let's see another, another one. I think something to talk about too, as I mentioned, I've read a lot of the same recommendation letters. I've read a lot of the same essays um, and it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. But I think it's something to think about. So I mentioned we have a game programming major. We actually have six majors into the gaming industry at Champlain. The game studio is something that is, we're really well known for and is easily some of our most popular majors. Um, and with those majors is a time when I tend to read the same essay all the time, <laughs> um, which is, and, it, and it's great. It's, it's students love for games, video games, their ability to connect with people in a way that maybe they haven't found elsewhere. Um, it's something that really showed a new corner of the world, helped them explore tech in a new way, um, wanting to give back to their community the positive feeling that gaming gave to them. Awesome. Love all of that. But I've read it a million times. <laughs> I love when I find a, an essay around gaming that just goes a little deeper into that individual unique student. Um, one that really stands out for me started out about the same as all the other ones do, but it turned from the focus of the individual student to the relationship that they had with their little brother um, and how it helped them find a way to communicate with each other, um, it, it, which was brand new for them. You know, I, I know how it goes with brothers. I got a ton of them. It's another person in your house that you're growing up with. Um, and it can be hard to find a positive hobby that helps you communicate. Um, and that's what this student really focused on was their love of gaming, um, but how it helped them reach other people in that are really close to them um, and, and positive relationships all the way through that that are like positively relationships through their whole life. So again, I always just encourage if you're writing an essay that is related to the major itself, absolutely do that. It tells you uh, admissions counselors a lot about that student, but find that thing that's really unique to you that nobody else can talk about, which I know is a big ask and it takes a little time to find it, but I think that everybody can do that. So that's my piece on essays. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Great advice, great example. And I just want to point out that sometimes it's not about the topic, but how you use the topic 
to explain about yourself, to talk about the things that you want the rep to, frankly, learn about yourself, right, that are not so easy in other parts of the essay. So again, those were great examples. And my favorite one was the one with the cereal. So uh, who doesn't like a nice bowl of cereal in the morning, right? And I love the way they use that to talk about how to go about their day and to talk about their transition to college. So that was awesome, Emily. Thank you so much. And so on packaging the application just a little bit further, I know that Champlain is, in fact, test optional. Can you share the percentage of students that applied and who were ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? Absolutely. I will start this by saying that Champlain's been test score optional for quite some time now. Um, I've been in in this role for going on five years and my entire time in this role, we've been test score optional. So this predates COVID. Um, We chose to go test score optional earlier on because it was just an obstacle we were seeing to get students into our classrooms. And as I mentioned, our classrooms are a little bit more unique and it's really focused on your skill set that you're bringing. Um, And tests don't always speak to those skill sets. And so we decided to go ahead and remove that. Uh, We didn't want students to feel like they wouldn't belong with us if they couldn't get that perfect SAT score. That is absolutely not the environment or the community that we have at Champlain. Um, So that being said, we have seen the submitted test scores diminish percentage-wise quite drastically. Um, I believe this last cycle, we had maybe 20% of our applicants actually include test scores in their applications. Um, Well, I can't speak to the overall percentage of every application that we have. Uh, Of the tests that I read, I think I can think of two two students who submitted test scores that negatively impacted their admissions um, opportunities. Now, why did it negatively impact them? Because I wish I could have said, don't submit this test score. Everything else is so great, (laughs) but don't submit it. Um, Although I will say if a test score is pretty low and we aren't able to admit them, it usually means their GPA is also pretty low. And we just don't want to set up a student to fail on our campus. Um, College is not cheap and it takes a lot out of you. We don't wanna bring a student in and have them commit both financially and with that mental health level if we don't think it's going to be the right fit for them right away. Um, And so that's really what we're looking for with GPAs and test scores. Um, So it's pretty rare that we see test scores low enough where we say, we just don't think this student is ready. Um, And if they are submitting test scores and they're kind of just a little below, but they're doing okay, but we're seeing those strong GPAs or even maybe an average GPA too, but that student's taking AP classes. And so maybe, maybe their grades aren't the best, but they're taking really challenging classes. Th- those are all factors we're considering um, when reviewing those numbers that we get through the application. Well, we appreciate that. And it points to the fact that as admissions representatives, it's very important for you to review the transcript. And if they submit the test scores, the test scores, as well as the transcript, to make sure that when the student comes onto your campus, that they're going to be able to maintain good grades and frankly handle the work that they're going to face once they're on Champlain's campus. So we really appreciate that. And I was also curious while we're talking about the test optional movement, where do you see it going over the next few years? For Champlain specifically, I don't imagine we are going test score required (laughs) anytime soon. (laughs) I have heard no chatter on that front on the back end um, when it comes to reviewing our strategies for the next year. Um, That topic has not come up. And and as I mentioned, we've been test score optional for so long, and I think we have a pretty solid reason for doing so. Um, And because we just want to give students the best opportunity they can to find the school that's the best fit for them. We think that test scores are just an obstacle in in their way. So I don't see us going requiring test scores in the future at Champlain. So I was also curious in terms of the overall application process, Emily, with the increase in schools going test optional, and of course the ease with which to apply. You mentioned the Champlain application, but you're also on the Common App. As admissions professionals, how do you determine the number of applicants to accept, waitlist, and even deny when you receive far more applications from deserving candidates than your seats available? Yeah, that's a really great question. I would like to say that overall, we want to bring students to our campus that want to be on our campus. Those are the students that are really going to perform well. Um, 
And kind of going back to that that motto that we have, that let us dare, we, we want the students with that mentality, learning with us, innovating with us, growing with us, because then those students are going out into those industries and they're bringing that mindset with them. We're thinking that long-term goal. Uh, and so I bring that up because we're not looking to turn away students every year and say, we only want to bring in the cream of the crop. We only want to bring in so many students. No, we want to take as many as we can <laughs> and we'll do everything we can to do that. I honestly think that we mid application cycle this year, hired a new professor because we were seeing an influx of strong applicants for some majors. And we said, let's get another professor on our team so we can take in more of these amazing students. We want them here. Um, so in terms of our mentality with reviewing applications and the components we're bringing in and uh, how we're determining accepting, waitlisting, denying, it's not a mentality at Champlain to say we're looking to actively start the cycle knowing we're going to turn away students. Instead, we're looking to say, what can we change on our end to actually bring in as many students that want to be here? That being said, we do have denies. We do have wait lists. Um, and I can also say of all the applications I read, it is so rare that I deny a student. It is so rare that I deny one. Um, and it goes back to, will this student be making a not financially strong choice based off of what I'm seeing in their application to come to Champlain and a few other factors that have me actually hit deny on an application. That's where that waitlist comes into play. Uh, and we have a few things actually, and that comes back with demonstrated interest as well. Um, <laughs> if we see students apply to Champlain and they're kind of on the lower side with that GPA, but we we're seeing some strengths elsewhere and we think with the resources we have, we could help them be successful if they're showing up to help themselves also be successful. We may put them on the wait list to see what we get from our applicants first. Who is enrolling? Where are our numbers? Can we support bringing in more students with the resources we have available to us? If yes, we're going through that wait list. And with our wait list process at Champlain, we reach out to students right away. Um, and we have a form that they can fill out to say, you know what, I, I acknowledge I'm on the wait list. I am raising my hand. I would like to be considered for admissions at Champlain. That's super important uh, because uh, with, like you said, the increase of applications students can submit through Common App and Test Score Optional, we do get a ton of students just throwing Champlain on the list because they can. Awesome. We'd love for you to do that because it can help you explore more. But we are a small admissions team. <laughs> there are only so many hours in the day and there are so only so many of us that can show up to support students. So we want to make sure we're showing up and making ourselves available to students that want to connect with us. And so when we hit a wait list, we will reach out to those students that are raising their hand um, versus trying to reach out to every single student when we know half of those wait list students may not even remember applying to Champlain and it's just a blip on their radar. Totally fine. It happens. Applying to colleges is not easy and it's good to cast a wide net, but we want to make sure that we're showing up and uh, with quality assistance. And so that kind of form and that hand raising helps us help our families. I can speak to that so much more, but I know we have other questions. So if anybody has <laughs> questions around that, you can always reach out. <laughs> Well, that's great advice. And of course, I always put the link to the Office of Undergraduate Admissions in the show notes. So if there are any other resources that you want to share, just send them to me. And of course, I'll make it available to the students and their parents in the show notes. I appreciate you sharing your overall process along with giving a lot of insight. So many students and their parents really want to know what happens when they hit that submit button. So Emily, we really appreciate it. And again, you keep emphasizing demonstrated interest. So students and parents understand that demonstrated interest is a thing that they track at Champlain. So if you're interested, make sure you're emailing your admissions rep, you're visiting, whether it be virtually or on campus, you're replying to emails, you're engaging with any links, anything that you could do to make them know that you are in fact serious when applying to Champlain. So Emily, when searching for the right college, what should a student be looking for to ensure that they are finding the right fit for themselves and that they are in fact the right fit for the schools they are applying to? Absolutely. 
Great question. And one I typically start off with pretty early on in the cycle when working with students. Um, and that's what I call the exploration process. Uh, it can start as early as you want it to start. I have actually seen an increase in freshmen showing up to college fairs, um, <laughs> sophomores and their parents showing up to college fairs. I think that's awesome. The earlier that you start the exploration process, the easier everything is going to be in the long run because there are so many options out there to find the college that's the right fit. And it can be really, really hard and time consuming to search through everything um, to, to really end up in the right spot for you to be successful in, in higher ed and post-grad life. So I always encourage students to do one of two things because everyone says, write out your, your, your want list. What do you want in a college? And that can be really overwhelming and stressful too. I don't know what I want in a college because there are so many options. So I usually like to flip it on its head and say, what don't you want in a college? Start there. Um, do you want to go away from home or do you want to stay close from home? If you're going away from home, what what's your radius? How far away do you want to be? Do you want to be able to come home on the weekends or do you want to be so far away and then somewhere so, so new to you um, that you're you're getting on a plane for a few hours to, to get where you want to be? That's a great place to start is location. Um, size, for sure, is something to consider. Um, not only the size of the campus, but the size of the classrooms. I know from experience, especially as a Champlain alum myself, that I was really interested in being in the Burlington area when I went to college. And so I looked at all the schools up here, um, throwing out some other names up here because Burlington's a great place to check out. University of Vermont, St. Michael's College. I visited all of those campuses and I stepped foot on UVM thinking that for years, that's where I wanted to go. And it was so big. <laughs> the campus was huge. The class sizes, it was like 100 students or more in one classroom. And I was like, there's no way I'll be successful in this learning environment. I, I've done this in high school. I went to a huge high school and I really struggled with being one in 40 students in a classroom at times. I, I needed to know who was teaching me and I needed them to know me too. And that's how I found Champlain. It was right across the street and it was a small campus and the classes were so small. It was perfect. Um, so think about not only the size, but where you're going to thrive in that. Do you Do you want to have that personalized learning experience or do you like the idea of being in a larger group? Majors as well is definitely an important one, whether you know what you want to major in already or you don't. Um, something I bring up earlier about Champlain is that we do have undeclared paths at Champlain um, and we still have our undeclared students taking major-based classes right away. Um, so whether they're coming in generally undeclared or they're picking one of our four divisions to come in undeclared, we allow students to just dive in and explore. So if a student isn't sure what they want to do and they want to go in undeclared, that is awesome. And honestly, I highly recommend it if you're in that boat. It's not a bad thing. It's a great way to uh, be really efficient in your time and, and your education. So look at the majors that schools offer and are you seeing a variety that you would be interested in? Um, and if not, and you know you want to go in undeclared, that might not be the best school for you, even if all of the other boxes are being checked, because at the end of the day, it's really about what you're learning and how you're going to use this information for the rest of your life. Um, so you want to make sure you're really interested and passionate in what you, you get to explore. Social engagements, um, weather. <laughs> I've talked to some Southern California students about coming to Burlington, Vermont, and I was like, are you sure? You've never seen snow before. Vermont's like a level five snow state. You might want to start with like a level one snow state before you come all the way up to New England. So there's just so many things to think about. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your home away from home. Is this a place you're going to be comfortable? Is this a place you can thrive in? Um, is this a place you can see yourself for four or more years? A lot of things to think about. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. 
Thank you all and best wishes. Well, that's a terrific overview, and there's certainly a school for every single student, but not every single school is necessarily for you. You mentioned location. Do you want to be in a warm climate, cold climate, or something in between size, not only of the campus, but also of the classroom? I love how you talked about visiting one school, which you found to be too big, and then you found Champlain, which was just right for you. My daughter, my oldest daughter, had a similar experience, so I appreciate you sharing that. And of course, looking at things like academic offerings, majors, and is it the right fit for you in terms of the variety, right? And again, it's different for every single student, which is why I'm also happy that you mentioned that there were freshmen in high school that came to College Fest to see you because, frankly, it's never too early to just start thinking about it. So, Emily, that was a great answer. We really appreciate it. I was also curious to know, can you share what support services are available for students who may have had an IEP in high school to help ensure that once they're on your campus, they continue to be successful? Absolutely. Whew, there's actually a lot to talk about that we offer as resources. <laughs> um, when, I, when someone approaches me with this question, I always kick it off with saying our team in our Office of Accessibility is the best place to start. Um, that team works with students based off of housing accommodations and academic accommodations. Um, so they're a great place to kick it off, especially if a student has had an IEP in the past and they want to continue doing so at college, which I highly recommend. If something's been working for you, keep doing that, especially <laughs> as you get into a difficult transition, like moving away from home and in being in a new academic environment. Um, so we absolutely work with students in a variety of, of ways, um, you know, having more time to take a test, being in a separate quiet space to take a test, um, maybe getting to expand some timelines on projects if needed. At the end of the day, we really just ask for communication. Um, we have, I like to say, we have a buffet of resources available for students. And we can do everything we can to put those resources in front of the students, but it's up to the student to actually go up and pick what they need to help them be successful. So it's a, it's a two-way street for sure. Um, we have a lot of resources that actually are not only available to all of our students, but some of which are required for all of our students. Um, you know, we, we have a s solid counseling team on our campus. And I like to bring that up because it's that same mentality. If a student has been in counseling in high school and they want to continue doing that in college, keep doing that. <laughs> Again, it's a difficult transition. Set yourself up for success. Have that space and have that support to help guide you through it. We've got a great team on campus to, to help with that. Um, we have amazing academic tutoring available, peer-led tutoring. Those are juniors and seniors on our campus that were tapped by professors and trained, um, actually trained so much that they get micro badges, uh, <laughs> to be tutors in a variety of topics. So some students work better with peers, so we want to provide that. Um, we also have a solid staff member or group of staff members in our academic supports team that work with students on topics like how to study in college, <laughs> ADHD in college. That's a, that's a big one. Um, how to prioritize your time. They work one-on-one -on -one with students, especially for those first few years when you go through your syllabus week where you have one week. It's your first week typically where you go to every class and you get a stack <laughs> of papers <laughs> or your digital file that's so many pages long of everything you will be doing in that class for the entire semester. And it is a ton of information to get. And you get it for all of your classes in one week. A lot of students freak out and we say, go to the library. We've got a team there <laughs> to help you. And they'll meet with students one-on-one -on -one, and they will build a calendar for them. They'll work backwards from those deadlines and say, this is how we're going to plan out your semester with the work you're going to do. And you're going to meet with me once a week and I'm going to help you stay organized. And they do that with students so much to the point where they're like, I don't think you need to meet with me anymore. And the student's saying, the only reason I'm getting this work done is because you are holding me accountable. Please don't take away these meetings. They right. won't take them away. 15 minutes instead of an hour, we'll meet <laughs> you for 15 minutes and you're going to show up and you're going to show me that you did all that work to the point that they don't need that anymore because they're growing those skills. Two other things though I'd love to talk about on this topic. Um, 
one thing, another COVID resp- response we had um, was, I think, something that we're all seeing is, and I know I felt it, I know a lot of people feel it, but it was really, really hard for those high school students during COVID. You were a freshman, you were a sophomore, you blinked, and now you're in college. Where did that time go? Where did that time go that allowed you to grow those social skills and and just like critical thinking skills? So we were seeing a, a lack on our campus with our students and it, it was really important to us to make sure we were responding to it. So we built a program. It's called Champ 101. It is required for all of our first year students. They meet once a week for 10 weeks in their first year. It is an extended orientation. Um, and it talks about a lot of different topics, some of which have a lot of stigma attached to it. And we, you know, kind of going back to that mindset where it's a two-way street, um, where it can be hard to raise your hand and say, hey, I need these resources. So everybody gets this information at the same time. Um, so you do not need to ask for it. It is being provided to you in this sense. So we do, we talk about the different types of relationships you're going to have in college. Um I know when I moved to college, I had never had to share a room before. And now all of a sudden there are these two other young women that their beds are like right there. That was a huge <laughs> area of growth for me. I mean, we see that every year. And I had to learn that it's okay to not be friends. You don't need to right. be friends with everyone. And we talk about that in that class. Um and just like how to navigate all these new relationships you may have because you're you're learning with the same people, you're living with the same people, sometimes you're working with the same people. It's a lot of different hats to have to wear. How do you show up in each space um, and, and really make sure you're being healthy with it, both for yourself and the people around you? Um, we talk about what does it mean for a professor to have office hours? What would you use during that time and how do you set up you know, that, that assistance. Um, so really, again, it's just that extended orientation. So that is something that has worked pretty well. This year is our first year doing it and it went so well, we are continuing doing it indefinitely. It is just such a great resource we want to provide for our students, um, both for setting them up for success and our retention rates as well. Um, we think it's just a great way to make sure that students are, are kicking it off on a positive note. Um, I could talk about this for so long. <laughs> I'll be happy to share some more resources on this topic because we we offer so much for our students. Um, that's one of the requirements, but we have a few others as well. Well, that's terrific that you offer so many resources for your students. It truly sounds like you have something for everyone. I love the Champ 101 Extended Orientation Program, and it's great that everyone has to take it. So like you said earlier, there's really no stigma. Everyone has to take it as an extended orientation. Again, Emily, if there are any links that you want to include, send them to me, and I'll make them available in the show notes for the students and the parents. So this has been an outstanding conversation. You gave us so much. Unfortunately, it leads us to our last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. I'm going to start it off with my favorite, which I think doesn't come up very often, but is very practical. Um, When students are applying to colleges, both parents and students are going to get so many emails, so many emails. (laughs) You're going to be so mad at the amount of emails you get, but there's going to be a lot of important information in those emails. Um, And there's a reason we're sending that information out to you because again, we want to be supportive. Um, And at the end of the day, right now, email is the best way to do it with updates, (laughs) that and being on the website. So my biggest practical (laughs) piece of advice is to... um, you know, bookmark the web pages of the colleges you're most interested in. The page I recommend families bookmark is our visit page because we're always updating, again, different ways to engage with the school in person and virtually, whether it's in a group setting like an open house or a campus tour or a one-on-one like admissions interviews or financial aid connections. Um, so for us, champlain.edu slash visit. I will share that link with you. Um, <laughs> but the schools, that as you're exploring, they're they're really standing out for you. They keep coming back. Bookmark the pages. Um, also, honestly, have an entirely separate email account that parents and students share. Uh, like, a, like make a new Gmail account that's specifically for applying to colleges. I see it a lot. It's like johncollege at gmail.com. I'll get those. But I'm like, genius. Because now both the students and the parents have access and it's just college information. 
that is going to that email account and it can help you stay more organized in a very disorganized process. <laughs> um, so that's that's one piece. And honestly, on this track, because I've seen someone do this once and it has stuck with me. It was my first year I was an admissions counselor. And when you're going to college fairs or you're going to high school visits and you know, you're interacting, I don't have one with me, but every college has an inquiry card is what we call them. And it's our way to capture students' basic information. That email address is going on there. Parents' emails address are going on there. That's how typically how you start getting emails from us. We can't write it down on an inquiry card. Phone numbers, uh, the school, the graduation year, the majors they're interested in. Um, if you're going to a college fair, you're going to be writing a lot of inquiry cards. I once had a student bring uh, like one of those staples, like labels, they like stickers. <laughs> they printed out. They wrote all of their information, typed it up ahead of time, and they brought uh, two sheets worth of these, and they just stuck it on an inquiry card, and they were done. And I was like, that is genius. That was really genius. smart. Work that is harder, genius. <laughs> work, work smarter, not harder. In that aspect, I love it. Um, so I'm going to call that two um, <laughs> for, for uh, the sake of this conversation. Um, another piece of information really is to know that there are more people you can connect with. Um, admissions counselors are your main point of contact. They will be your best friend as you're exploring colleges. We are your advocates and we are your funnel for information. Um, but we are not the only people that you can connect with, but we're the, pers the first person to start with because then we can introduce you to other people on campus. Uh, most colleges have a student ambassador team. Those are current students at that school that are in a paid position to connect with prospective students and families. They lead campus tours, they help out at open houses, they answer emails, and they share the current student's perspective. Great resource to reach out to because I am a grown woman. I have graduated college a long time ago. <laughs> I can speak to my experience, but I haven't been a student in a really long time long enough time. Um, but I got a group of current students and they'd love to share their perspective. Uh, faculty members, other resources like our counseling team, those tutors I mentioned, I can introduce you to all of them and they'd be happy to connect with you and answer your questions. So really the biggest piece is organization for your sake and sanity um, and communication because we want to help. <laughs> we want to share this information. So let us know what you'd like to know. Well, Emily, this has been a fantastic conversation. Those were so many great pieces of advice. I'm so happy as I know that this is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. Thank you so much, Emily. I do hope to have you again. You were awesome. Oh, thank you so much, everyone. Take care. You too. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes.